Yo, what's going on, everybody? What's going on, family? This is your boy, Josh, and you are tuning in to the podcast, Just a Care from Gary, a podcast that inspires others around the globe to achieve their dreams and then make them a reality. And in this podcast, we highlight individuals that grew up in Gary or cities like Gary, and now we're doing amazing things within their community. And today, I got a special episode for you guys. I got someone that literally is doing exactly that, changing their community um, and, and doing some amazing things. He's a philanthropist, a community developer, a, a speaker, uh, a motivational speaker, a mentor, and um, he's also a, a Ball State graduate. That's how we uh, initially connected and also uh, is killing the game within construction management. Um, I would like to introduce you guys to my guy, Adrian Russell. How you doing, my man? Doing good, doing good. Happy to be here, man. That's fantastic, man. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm happy that you're here, man. This has been uh, something that's been in the pipelines for us, brother. We uh, we just met maybe two week in, two weeks ago and kind of just sat down. We were able to kind of just like just chat about some of the most amazing things that could happen from this conversation yeah. and then moving yeah. forward. And I, I'm I mean I'm, I'm I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. So if if you don't mind doing me the favor and my audience and, and giving the bio like like how did you get here? What, what's your story, man? <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not from Gary, but I'm from here in Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, I grew up just outside of downtown Indianapolis, come from a huge family, seven brothers and sisters to the same two parents, uh, grown up on the inner city, similar to you. Uh, really, man, I don't know how I got here, to be honest with you. I mean, really just a lot of love, uh, a lot of looking out from those, you know, that came before me, uh, had two good parents, had a good family, had a good support system that really helped you know, just so into my life, uh, you know, went to school around here in Indianapolis, urban schools, public schools, ended up going to Ball State. One thing led to another. I was connected with some really good mentors in my life or what have you. Before you know it, I was graduating Ball State, going into construction, and I've been in it for 10 years now, man. And wow. I mean, things have really just been unbelievable. And I can say that I'm blessed and I'm fortunate to be here. But yeah. I'm only here because of the sacrifices of others. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, one 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 big thing f to have you on this podcast is you had mentioned you're from Indianapolis, but I think that the parallels are so um, 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 good to be example of what you're doing and how people back in the city of Gary, Indianapolis, St. Louis, no matter where, are able to take those as examples right. and lead forward. Right. Um, I, I looked at, uh, I was doing some research and I looked at some of the projects and things that you had been working on. And one thing that I, uh, I wanted to first start off and just jump right into it, you know, tell me about the project of, uh, was that, um, was it mama's kitchen? Mm -hmm. Tell oh, me yeah. about oh, that, yeah. man. That, that, that was a very, <laughs> just to give the audience a, 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 a look into what I've seen, you know, um, I was, uh, scrolling on, uh, social media on his Facebook and he had a video there and they were doing this transformation to this 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 uh restaurant mm -hmm. and i mean i mean you can and you can go into the details yeah, but mm -hmm. I, I thought that man that example i want to be able to take that and show people how we could do that in mm -hmm. other places i mean just one project yeah could, could lead to, to many changes uh, appreciate that man i mean so you know it was following the george floyd fallout and you know i mean me being an african-american man i mean that touched so many of us and mm -hmm. even outside of our community it touched so many of us so, you know, one day I just pulled some of my guys aside, you know, just called them on the phone, man. At first asked them how they were doing. And, you know, all of us, we were feeling the impact, mm -hmm. of, you know, that fallout. But, you know, we decided we have to do something to help our own people. We have to do something just to bring some type of joy to uplift 
those that are hurting in our community. And, you know, me being a project manager, some of those guys that you saw in that video, you know, they're all associated with construction, building, design, mm -hmm. summer and finance. Uh, so we all, you know, just came together and we actually just chose a building, a black owned business, as a matter of fact, that we could just, you know, do something nice for them. Uh, one thing led to another where we got in contact with the owner of Mama's Kitchen, uh, a woman by the name of Mona Lisa. And, you know, she's just a beautiful woman, works hard, you know, gives her all into her business to, you know, just be a service to that community on East 25th Street here in Indy. You know, so we just said, you know what, free of charge, we're going to put our resources together wow. and we're going to, you know, beautify this building. We're going to beautify her restaurant uh, and just give it a total facelift. And, you know, I'm just thankful, man, that these guys, they were all on board, man. man. No complaining, yeah. no questions asked, you know, guys pitching in money or what have you. In a week's time, we had that plan underway and we showed up on a Saturday morning, mm -hmm. 7 a.m., and it was just amazing to see. I and mean, even now I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> it was just, it was amazing, man, yeah. when you know that you're actually doing something and seeing, you know, passerby stop by honking their horn or just saying, hey, you guys are doing a great thing. It was just incredible to be a part of. And all of those guys you saw in that video, everyone just a positive spirit, working together, painting, pulling weeds, cutting grass, mm -hmm. uh, picking up trash, you know, changing signage. I mean, everything you saw in that video, it was just the work of guys that just wanted to make a difference in the community and all of us being black men and to improve that business. And all we've gotten is just great reviews mm -hmm. in that business. They've seen the fruits of that labor to where business has been booming since then because it generated so much attention. And I don't say that to boast or brag, but all of us, I mean, we're just humbled that mm -hmm. we had that experience mm -hmm. to be able to do such a thing. Man, want to do for, more of it. Good for you guys, man. I, I literally was, man, I was shocked, to be honest, initially. And then I was like, how did they pull the resources together? You know, uh, and, and if you don't mind explaining that, like what, what did it take to pull those resources together in order to do that? I, I did see even a video where was a paint donated mm -hmm. yep. to that project. Yep. Man, I mean, that's the thing, man. I, I think that, uh, it was really a, a learning experience okay. because I mean, we, all of us, we have, we have far more than that we bring to the table mm -hmm. than what we may realize. Mm -hmm. You know, I just looked at it just as any project. I said, well, I'm in construction. I mean, I know what it takes to do any construction project. So first I just made a materials list hmm. and I said, you know, I mean, we'll probably need X gallons of paint. I know all the painting materials that we would need. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to call one of my painting contractors hmm. And tell them what we want to do. That's exactly what I did. Uh, it was actually the Friday night before. <laughs> I told you this happened pretty quickly, man. <laughs> it was a, I'm sorry, it was a Thursday night before. It was mm. a Thursday evening leading up to that Saturday. And one of my painting contractors, I gave him a call. I told him exactly what we want to do. He said, I'll check back with you first thing in the morning. Mm. 6 a.m. in the morning, he sent me a text message. He said, how much paint do you think you would need? Then I said, uh, can you just give me a call? We got on the phone. And he said, you know what? Let me call Sharon Williams. Mm -hmm. He said, I think I can get, a, get get all this donated for you. Really? Said, Man, I mean, if you can do that. Absolutely. Man, by midday, we were back on the phone. And he told me that, you know, he had communicated to Sharon Williams here mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, one of the local stores, exactly what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, we've got everything donated. Mm -hmm. And he said, before the day's out, I can drop it off to you. I didn't have to go pick it up. 
So he said, what's wow. your address? They gave him my address. He sent one of his guys. They dropped off five gallons of paint. Wow. All the painting supplies, everything you saw in that, it was all dropped off and delivered to us. That simple. Wow. Wow. And what that told us, man, is that, listen, there's a lot more people yep. that are standing by that want to help us help ourselves yep. if we just really put our minds out there and not limit ourselves to just say, hey, I have some skills, I have resources, I have a network around me. Who in this network is able to contribute to what it is that I want to do? That's the wonderful thing. People want to help people that are doing things. Absolutely. I, that's just the truth. Once you just start doing that, and I, I, that's I, that's a great example of that, man, like literally just just jumping out there cold whatever you yep. know just say hey i'm gonna do it and like you said you cold called this guy you didn't have yep. anything planned you just got on the phone yep told him what you're trying to do and i think that's amazing do you see that eroding or a snowballing into something bigger absolutely because i would personally <laughs> like to see something bigger than i that. mean me and you we need to work on something together bet. <laughs> i bet i mean no it absolutely i mean we have some i don't want to let the cat out of the bag now but mm -hmm. we have some amazing things that are shaping up right now uh, that experience, like I said, it really just galvanized all of us. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, you do something like that and you're of the mind, man, there's nothing we can't do. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can't do. What's the next thing? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, any businesses out there that's looking for an overhaul, I mean, you have an opportunity now to reach out to us. Uh, but definitely we see it leading to some more things for sure. Yeah. I, um, I, I definitely think that, um, even, um, figuring out a blueprint for that, you know, and, and, and then finding out ways that to imp implement that into like, you know, a larger scale or a smaller scale or just doing just, you know, just starting off with a similar business like that. And I, that leads me to this next question. Mm -hmm. How important to you is black businesses? Extremely important. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't overstate the importance of black businesses, uh, number one, within our own community. And saying that uh, we need representation amongst our own. Uh, when you have a black owned business, number one, you're able to keep that dollar, if you will. You're able to keep that within your community. You're able to better retain that dollar and you can do more with the dollar. Mm -hmm. I mean, economic empowerment, uh, you're able to uh, deliver the needs that are needed within that community. In mm -hmm. other words, me being a black man, say I had a business, I can recognize what the next black man or what would probably appeal to him, what his needs are. Yeah. Um, there's so many reasons why supporting our own is just of paramount importance. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't overstate it. Mm -hmm. um, in the day, I mean, we all need one another to make it as well. Sure. We all need one another to make it. And any of us that call ourselves entrepreneurs, any of us that are ambitious, we know how hard it is to be in this black skin. Oh, yeah. And when you want to do something, so you, you definitely want to see your brothers and sisters, you make know, it. lending a hand yeah. and, and, and helping you make it. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, building black businesses probably is the most important thing, um, like you said, for our community. And I was going to piggyback on this. You know, it's just not the most important thing, but it's our way out. Absolutely. It's you mentioned the economics, you know, building that is the way that we're going to get out of our mm -hmm current situation that is you know uh we you know people are, are you know um struggling for employment opportunities right. hey if we build those jobs we can employ our own mm -hmm. you know people are struggling how they're gonna uh, retire you build businesses right you can have a nice pension mm -hmm. you can retire whatever you know but those are very very important and and you know that that is something that you know our community lacks why do you think our community lack 
the, the, the education or the knowledge of how to build businesses or how important it is to, to, to invest in black businesses? Man, that's a loaded question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different path. Um, I'm not going to say, you know, just a popular low-hanging fruit response mm-hmm. because I'll say this. I mean, we can always point the finger out, but at some level, at some point, we have to also point the finger at ourselves and saying that we keep too many secrets. Mm. We keep too many secrets. Mm. I mean, you may know how to start a business. Mm-hmm. You may know how to get funding or get you know support for that business. Mm-hmm. You may know how to get set up with the state, how to get insurance, mm-hmm. how to you know get your taxes and everything set up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you make it, you don't want to share that secret with me because mm. you don't want me to rival you. Interesting. We keep too many secrets. I mean, there's some within our community where they understand down to a T how to do everything it is that we want to do. Mm-hmm. In other communities, this is shared knowledge. Yeah. It's shared intel. It sure is. <laughs> but for whatever reason, too often in the black community, we don't want to help one another. We don't want to sh- show one another how it is that I got here, how I made it over. Yeah. We just want you to, th- I mean, I would like for you to think <laughs> that, you know, I'm, I'm just a genius. Yeah. I was born with this. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to tell you where I got this information that from. That is true, man. So, I that mean, is true. I don't know, man. We, we have to, I mean, it's all about love. It's all about love. And that word is so overused, man. But we have to love one another. If you love me and if I love you, end of the day, I've got to see you make it. Bingo. I've got to see you make yeah. it. When you were talking, it reminded me of a guy that I know. I won't mention his name, but back in my city. He's building currently a very successful business. It's a restaurant business. Um, crazy thing about it is I started hearing about it, hearing about it maybe about a couple of years back. Okay. And that's in school I was hearing about it. That's how good this man's running his business, or it's just it's just grabbing a lot of attention. One of the guys that I've had him even on this podcast and even talk with, he was like, Man, you know, I uh, I tried to sit down with this guy and say, like, Hey, you've built a successful business. Let's get you on a podcast. Let's talk about it so you can help others. You know what right. I'm saying? Literally, he said the exact same thing that you had just said our problem is. He was like, man, honestly, I don't want to give out my secrets. I was like, what? Yeah. Now, here, now here's the truth. Here's the truth. The secrets that he understands is public, but it matters when somebody is able to see a guy that looks just like you or a girl that's able to look yeah. at somebody that looks just like you. Send this information because in your head you go, okay, like if, you're, if there's a white person or Hispanic, Asian, whoever talking about their very successful business, you're going, oh, okay, that's cool. You yeah. know, but how does that apply to me? Yeah. But when you're able to see someone that looks exactly like you, mm-hmm. you go, okay, this makes sense. This yeah. is tangible. Yeah. And I think that that's the, that's the, that's the problem. And I agree, man, secrets within our, our community, as far as how to build businesses, right. how to develop those are stun not growth. What are what are some other things in your opinion are stun not growth as far as you know black investing in black business and, and, and making and producing black businesses? Another thing, I mean, <laughs> there's a lack of businesses to invest in, if you understand wow. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um wow. here's exactly what I mean. How many individuals within our generation, say within your network or friends that you may know, they have amazing ideas. And, you know, that is a potential Forbes company. That is a potential, you know, incredible company that could employ 25, 30, 40, 50, 100 people. Mm -hmm. 
but they have no idea how to do anything with that idea. Mm. So that's a business that actually never started mm-hmm. for someone never to believe in, true. for someone never to invest in. That's true. And saying that, some of it also has to do with the way that we raise our children mm. and the way that we were raised. If you think about this, and I don't know about you know your household, but for me mm-hmm. and so many of my friends, and we've discussed this before, where when we were kids, yeah. Coming up, you know, with two African-American parents, and don't get me wrong, man, my parents were the best parents in the world, still are. But coming up, we in no way were involved with any business matters within the home. That's true. We weren't taught how to pay bills. We weren't taught how to, you know, juggle the finances or what have you. All of that was top secret information. That's true. And if you ever ask any question or anything like that, your parents would say, that's wrong folks' business. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Stay in a child's place. Stay in a child's place. Mm-hmm. So one is we got to college and once you actually had to, you know, go to the loans office and start, you know, oh, talking about man. loans and things like that. Oh, you had no idea. No clue. I mean, come on, man. You know what no I'm talking clue, about. Man. You had no idea what it is those people were talking about. They're using terms and they're talking about interest and all these things they are talking about yeah. fish out of water. We don't know anything. And you're shaking your head like you know what you're talking about. But low key, you're scared. Scared? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you could finish that for me. Yeah, but yeah. and the horrible thing about that, what's so sad about that is you're just signing your name because yeah. you feel like a fool. And that's another thing, man, as black men, yeah. that pride kind of kicks in. It sure does. <laughs> that pride it kicks sure in. Does. And the last thing you want to do is let that individual know you don't know what that you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So you just shake your head like you said, you sign your name away, and 10 years later, you're paying off Buku student loans, and you still don't understand. Think about that, man. I mean, so when we're 18, 19, 20, where some of our, you know, Caucasian counterparts, maybe Hispanic counterparts, Asian Americans, you know, some of our uh, brothers and sisters from, you know, outside races, they're already 20 miles ahead of us Mm -hmm. as far as understanding business. And finances. Finances. Mm -hmm the principles of business. We're learning that at 21, 22, 23, trying to figure it out where they were introduced to it at eight and nine years old. We have to change that. I feel like if we actually began to expose our children to just money and how to handle money, how to, you know, invest money, how to save money and all the things that, you know, we just do on a daily basis just to make ends meet week to week, it will put them so much further ahead to where when they're our age, Business is not something that's uncomfortable for them. Like, think about how many people do you know where they're actually terrified at even the thought of starting a business. Yes, tons. But I have white friends where they had two or three businesses when they were 14 years old. Yes. (laughs) They had two or three of them. Yeah. And we're 30 years old, scared. Scared to to just set a business up. Yeah. Some of that just is, even set like you exactly right to not to do up. business just to set yeah, right, it up. exactly yeah. to just yeah. set a business yeah. up it some of it is just it's it's for whatever reason mm-hmm. it's like the untouchable in our community to mm-hmm. where if we actually begin to make our children comfortable with those things when they're our age sky's the limit it's a generational curse you know right I, I think that because when you were talking about the financial the finances and even like for me, I remember trying to get on the phone call and, and try to explain to my parents and trying to like get some clarity. They were even like confused. Yeah. So it's even to the point where like kids or just students that are in college or just people in general, they they, they know their parents don't know. Right. 
they know that they mismanaged, right. you know, exactly. funds yep. and exactly. finances. So it's like, man, like we can't really rely on anybody. Yep. So we just got to navigate through this thing. Right. And once, like you said, 10 years later, we're paying off this ugly amount of debt. But I Still agree, don't understand man, why. we have to start, start teaching about finance. We start, start have to teach about money. And you know what I think? I think it is the pride of black people that allows us to not really educate our youth about money because deep down, I think we still have this and I, maybe not now, but I believe that there's still this fear that we don't even understand it ourselves. Straight up. Like we don't fully get our head. So how can we really truly teach it? It's just like the, I've seen so many of these memes and videos where the parent is trying to uh, help the child with, um, with homework yeah right the and virtual they, learning yeah and like they're so frustrated they're going you don't know what this is and it's like you're yelling at them because you don't, you don't really know what, know it, what is. it is exactly and it's frustrating because you think that in school they should in that little small period of time they should learn everything that they need to right. know but really it's you and so i think that that's you know that's also just a a, a problem that we're always you know going after but man that's that's huge man. yeah man that's like that portion right there, we don't understand right. finances. Mm -hmm. That's wow. You don't understand finances. How could you ever start a business? Wow. And if you never start the business, how can someone believe in the business to invest in it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really and if you really go into it, it's 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 a it's a it's literally a ripple effect. One problem leads to the bigger, I mean, the bigger problem, obviously, but it, it all has this like domino effect. So you were talking about, and you were highlighting some of the solutions behind that in your opinion. And I, and I know you're doing a lot of like great things as far as like working with the youth. Mm -hmm. I've seen you, um, which was astounding, you know, talking with the youth about even what you do, but kind of explain more ways that you have done, or you may understand uh, ways that we can educate, mm -hmm. you know, um, if if we're trying to really change this narrative. I mean, simply just ask yourself, who do I know? Who do I know? And who, who am I in contact with? I mean, sometimes I think that we we prevent ourselves from doing because we imagine everything to have to be so big and so grand and so formalized to where it doesn't have to be all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can just simply be, you know, I know these guys or my niece or my nephew or the neighborhood kids or what have you just, you know, starting a conversation with them. And the thing with kids, they'll latch on quickly. Mm -hmm. They'll latch on quickly. If they see that you actually care about them and you know, you have some form of rapport with their parent or what have you, and they can look up to you, man, they'll latch onto your every word. Mm -hmm. They'll latch onto your every word. So for me, that's really where it started. And even now, I just challenge myself when I'm in contact, especially with young black men, mm. young black boys, mm -hmm. eight, nine, ten years old. I challenge myself to just start a conversation up with them. And any type of nugget of wisdom or something I can give them, I give it to them. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, from establishing a common ground. Mm -hmm. They're into sports. You know, I ask them, you know, who's your favorite basketball player? Who's your favorite mm -hmm. NFL player? And from there, the conversation can just go anywhere you want to take mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And then you can ask them, you know, what do you like to do? What are you interested in? Hmm. A lot of times they say, well, you know, I like to draw or I like to this. And then you ask them, hey, do you like building? Do you like buildings? Yeah. Have you ever thought about being an architect? Mm -hmm. No. Do you know what an architect does? No. No. <laughs> that's your chance right there mm -hmm. to introduce to them a world that they did not even know existed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's all about just asking questions. It's just all about asking questions mm -hmm. and just being willing to speak. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, you know, that's a, that's a hard thing for me. Um, I've always, not always, but if I'm not placed in that setting, how do I create those conversations? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and I know a lot of people struggle with that. You know, I, I was listening to one guy, he's a doctor, uh, Dr. Ray Hagen. He was talking about how he's seen a young man sagging his pants. And it wasn't that he was just trying to like condemn him, but he was just saying he was really trying to understand it. And I'm only using this example to get to the, this next point that I'm, well, the point that you were making is, is that instead of like trying to criticize or, you know, come down on young people, because right. we always do this. I mean, I mean, excuse me. I understand that um, older generations do it to us and then we, tend to like try to do that to the younger generations. Mm -hmm. We try to go, oh, this is what they did to us. They criticize us because they criticize millennials like crazy, yeah. saying we're the problem. Then we're gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna keep doing it. So what I'm trying to do is get to this point where we stop it. But he goes, instead of like criticizing, like, hey man, young man, pick up your, pull up your pants or whatever. He said, hey, quick question, man. Who taught you to, who taught you to do that? Who taught you how to do that? Hmm. He's like, what? He's like, you know, your pants. Like, you know, who taught you how to do that? And he thought about it, and he's like, well, well, no one really. I just, I see, I've, I've been looking, I mean, I, I didn't get it from myself. He realized he didn't get it from right, himself. Right. He realized that it was an external thing that he seen. It was like, I'm not really being me. Like, I'm just doing something. Cause, so what, what you have done, and even in your breakdown, questioning, okay, do you know what architecture? Mm -hmm. No, I've never heard of it. Do you know what construction? No, I've never heard of it. You see that building right there? Yeah. Right. How do you think that got assembled? I, I have no clue. Boom. That seed, you being able to plant that seed. And I think that, that man, that just, that's phenomenal. That's the way to do it. I like that term seed. And, and that's literally the way I think of it. I always think, you know, just going out, starting a garden where you could just throw seeds down. Mm -hmm. And you know, if I just throw X number of seeds down, something's going to sprout up from one of these seeds. Mm -hmm. That's that's literally how I think. Mm. Literally just, and, 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 you, and you know, th this is a beautiful thing about seeds because I realized something. There was something that somebody said to me when I was younger that like came up when I was older and I was, and then I got the example or I got the idea that this person was sowing into me. Didn't, didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. And once the right water and sunlight and all the right nutrients hit that seed. Yeah. Grow. Yeah, man. Yeah. We have no shortage of opportunities, man. Yeah. I mean, there's young black men, a young black woman, the youth that are coming up after us. We have contact with so many of them. Ask yourself, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm, I'm going to switch it up a little bit mm -hmm. um, and take this in a, a direction that, you know, we where we're facing today. Okay. I mean, a lot of obviously businesses, we could talk about that all day. Right. Uh, and how to build and how to do that. But I want to switch this up a little bit and talk about some things that we're dealing with today. And let's, I want to ask you, you know, I, I hear a lot of conversation about voting. I'm hearing a lot of conversation about our current political things of that sort, which right. I personally don't pay a lot pay a lot of attention to. Okay, uh, it's one of those things where I stay away from uh, um, because I I want to always think with a clear mind, right? And I don't want social programming to happen. But but what I'm referring to is this: you know, we talk about how important it is to vote, you know, and and. And we could look at history and see, okay, what what changes have been made, and we can criticize it and everything. But I, I just want to get your your opinion or thoughts on on where we are currently and 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 how how important all that is to you. It's very important, but uh, I like that you mentioned social programming. Uh, it's also important to get an understanding. 
uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, in all thy getting to get an understanding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and saying that, you know, don't just go out and do what the next man told you to do mm-hmm. because the next man may want you to do what's beneficial for him. But it's important that you educate yourself on whatever it is that you're setting out to do to where you understand the significance of it. And then you also are able to make a decision that is personal to you Mm -hmm. and that is beneficial to you. Um, you know, I could go a lot of directions, but you know, man, you got the platform (laughs) do it, man. Let's talk. I mean, there's a lot going on right now where, you know, it's a vote, vote, vote. We got to vote. We must vote. And let's be honest. A lot of that messaging is aimed at our community. Yes. And that sounds good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we know the plight of those that, you know, sacrifice their lives to give us this right to be able to vote, make your voice heard and to be heard. But that messaging that's directed to our community, there's an underlying message in the message. Hmm. It's not just go vote. It's go vote Democrat. And I'm not going to say which party I affiliate with now. It's not important. That's not important at all. It never was. (laughs) But that in of itself is a form of oppression. Yeah. I'm sorry. It is. It is. There's an underlying message to where there's an expectation that when this black skin goes votes, vote where you guys historically vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that should be in affiliation with the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. I wonder if. African-Americans were a little more, you know, liberal, no pun intended, as far as how they exercise their vote. Mm -hmm. If you would see that same aggressive messaging, Mm. you understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Once again, this is no, you know, this is no, you know, uh, condemnation or anything of the Democratic Party itself. It has nothing to do with the party itself, per se, but more so it's important that we as African-Americans that we as, you know, two black men sitting here that we understand, yes, I'm going to exercise my rights, but I also need to exercise my rights. Yes. Yes. For me, for me, myself and my family and no one else. I I don't talk too much about how I feel, but um, because I, I, I honestly just use a lot of logic in my life, to be honest, but I'll tell you, like currently the feeling that I'm having, which is leading me to my connecting really deep to my intuition is that, you know, um, we're, we're being forced into a direction. Mm-hmm. I think as black people, we're being forced mm-hmm. into a direction. Um, for example, I received these text messages that says, Hey, it's Amy. Hey, it's Sarah, whatever. Are you voting Democrat or something with Democrat? And in my mind, I was like, I was asking myself, how many white people are receiving this message? Because I, 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 I really believe, I really believe that there's this social programming that's happening and it's forming around this, uh, the, 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 the concept of voting Democrat, voting ignorantly, because everybody's saying, go vote, but nobody's saying, do research. Exactly. And that is triggering because, exactly. and you're so right, man, when, when we hear go vote, Nobody's telling white people to go vote. I swear to you. That's not their, like, okay, this is, and this is how you know. In the debate, and I, I, I like to look at things with the third eye, the pioneer gland. That, that I study that so much because it's, 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 your clearest, it's your clearest eye. 
And um, I was looking at the conversation Trump and Joe Biden was having, well, the debate, excuse me, and not one time did Trump say, go vote. Trump never said, go vote. He never, in his, if, I, if I'm correct, he never was very direct. Joe Biden, though, every single time. And that's why it's important for the American people to go vote. You have to, and it's just, it's just going, guys, honestly, like, I feel like we're being played. I'm going to say it again. And I mean, I won't say too much more on it, but I'll just ask. I mean, you hit it on the head. Who do you think that message is aimed towards? Yeah. 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 And there has to be, there has to be something underlining. If there's so much this force, we can't, I just don't like having blinders on to the point where I'm just doing things based off of exactly emotional exactly. or because I know my brother and my sister's doing it. Oh, we, mm-hmm. So yeah, man, that I I definitely want to get your uh, oh no problem at all, that, man. That's a it's, it's it's something that's it's current, it's happening, um, it, it's you know it, it's it's uh, you know it's one of those social things that could split the room, right? Absolutely, you know, especially if a bunch of black people in the room, that could definitely split the room, right? Man. Right, and once again, I mean, I'm not uh, on this podcast to affiliate with either party, same. but I mean, <laughs> but at the same time. This is a historical struggle that we see every four years at election time. And I just think that more than just going out and voting, we need to first educate ourselves. Bingo. Bingo. Um, you know, you are doing some phenomenal things, like I said, within your community. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I like that you're doing is you're highlighting uh, people within our field. And this is probably going to be our last portion of this conversation, mm-hmm. but it's to really um, dive into what we love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. love architecture. I love oh, yeah. design. Mm-hmm. I know when we, we, we had that our first initial conversation, it was powerful, man. It was impactful, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Still thinking about the Egyptians, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's just dive in that a little bit with with this 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 concept of as designers, as people within the the design world, our duty as designers and what we're to do. Or what you feel like, you know, that is, you know, what is our obligation to the design world? I mean, with designing, you know, building is another part of that design, build, build, design. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both so closely associated. I feel like this is just it should be a lifestyle. Yeah, it should be a lifestyle. I mean, you you're a designer. Uh, you're in urban planning. I just feel that. Everything that you see, everything you come in contact with, every circumstance, every group of people that you come in contact with, in some kind of way, that discipline should manifest itself Mm -hmm. in every way. Mm -hmm. Same with me. I'm a builder. You know, I also went to school for design. I just feel that that should manifest itself to where if I'm a builder, Mm -hmm. it's in my blood. It's in my genes. I literally believe it's in my DNA. It's in my everyday makeup. So... I should just have a craving to just want to build, not necessarily physical structures Mm. should not just be limited to Mm -hmm. brick and mortar, Mm -hmm. but my life, my family, Mm -hmm. my prosperity, my legacy, Mm -hmm. young men, young women, the youth. I mean, whatever it is, I just want to build to where I'm using that discipline of what it takes to, you know, erect this room that we're sitting in. Yep this building that we're sitting in. I know what it takes to put that together. I know the disciplines that goes into, you know, one thing after another, after another, 
but then I should be able to take that same discipline and apply it to my life. The beauty of design, and that's why that's really what made me fall in love with it, was because I was able to see the parallels of building right. communities, right. building wealth, building this, building that. I looked at, um, and I tell so many times the story of how I got into it, is where I really seen the parallels of what happened to a situation like Pruitt-Igo in St. Louis and the same situation that happened to Gary. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. If, if we can come up with a plan to rebuild, then can we rebuild here come in on. economics and business and my exactly. personal life and this and this yeah, and exactly. this and this and all. Mm-hmm. So it just, and that's why I, I am an advocate for mm-hmm. architecture, for design, for yes. because I think that especially when black people get into it, we'll, we'll instantly see yes. all of the connects that we can make mm-hmm. to reconstruct our community. It, it, it's almost like it's so, it becomes so obvious. Everything we touch, it's just, it's the flavor. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. There's just a flavor. Mm-hmm. Everything that blacks touch there's just a soul mm-hmm. that goes into it mm-hmm. to where it just takes on a whole nother life, yep. a whole nother existence. Yep. I mean, I'm thinking about um, when I was younger, man. And I mean, it, it used to kind of scare me, but I would sit in interviews, whether it be for an internship or when I was younger as a professional and, you know, the individual sitting across the desk, obviously in no case did they ever look like me, but they would ask a question and, it always felt like there was a skepticism hmm. around the question. And that question is, do you love construction? Hmm. Do you love construction? And it, it always, I could just feel a skepticism mm-hmm. around that question. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, I didn't grow up on a construction job site. My father, he didn't own a construction company. My grandfather, he didn't own a construction company. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys I went to school with, they grew up on job sites. Mm-hmm. They grew up, you know, running Bobcats and yep. John Deere's, what have you. I didn't. Right. So when I was asked that question, I would always feel intimidated hmm. and I would feel as if when I said yes, cause I just want that job. So I just say yes. And I always felt kind of dirty, like hmm. one that I was lying. And then two, I just didn't feel good enough hmm. because I could feel the skepticism around the question. Do you love construction? Now, 10 years later, I realize as a black man, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't love construction. I am construction. I am construction. <laughs> Bro, that's crazy. That's Straight crazy. Straight up, that's crazy. And I and when you were saying it, when you kind of get into that that rep, that that end part, I was thinking about purpose, man. Mm-hmm. You found purpose within construction. Mm-hmm. That's that's why construction became you, or you became construction. Excuse me, because you found that thing that connect you with with it all. It's a calling. It's the calling. It's in my blood. Bingo. It's you, in your blood. It's the reason why we're doing it. Exactly. And that's, bro, that's why I love this field, man. I swear to you, bro, this is this is probably the best field. I, I advocate for it. This is the best field to get into. And it's because there's just so much to do. It's so much we can learn. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, like, I think about it. Probably some of the great des- greatest designers don't really fu- fully lock into their potential until they're like 40, 50, 60 mm-hmm. years old. Because there's so much to learn. Now, there's those exceptional um, guys and girls that are out there in our world currently that are doing amazing things. But I realized something. They have access to resources. Mm -hmm. So if we had access to the same resources, like you said, back in the age of 14, 13, 10, 9, Mm -hmm. 8, 2, if we had the same 
access to those resources, if we were touching Bobcats, if we were uh, drawing plans, if we were in our uh, parents' offices as they're talking about architecture, exactly. like our kids are now, exactly. mm-hmm. dog, do you understand, like, what's, like, and that's why I love what's taking shape and form is because even within our industry, I had a conversation with this guy named David Supple. Uh, he's CEO of uh, Any Design Construction okay. out of Boston. Okay. And as we were talking, I realized that this guy brought up some strong parallels to the, the the beginning of this whole world, like like construction, architecture, all of that. It 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 was um it was this elitist group, and all they wanted to do was control, and they wanted to be like, okay, we're powerful, we're this group, we don't really do the you know the messy job, so we don't touch shovels, we don't touch sledgehammers, we don't touch you know uh, bulldozers mm-hmm. and things like that because we're elites, and. And, and and if you're not white, if you're if you're like non-white, then you're not a part of this group. Right, either. right. But what I realized is that they were what they were trying to do is just trying to build this organization around themselves where they could have this certain level of power. But I realized that the true power is in the inclusive. Right. The true power is you and I going in and sitting down with a, a larger group of black men and women who have this like crazy knowledge about how to build communities, whether they're in our field or not, right. send down, talking about it and developing. That's the power. Exactly. That exclusive stuff. Exactly. Nothing, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And that's, that's why I love my field. man. I love it. Absolutely. Same here. Same here, man, <laughs> man. That's great. That's great. So what's, what's in the pipeline for you as far as like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and also another thing you do, man, I want to talk about that, man, get this out that you're actually highlighting individuals that are doing amazing things, mm-hmm. like as far as uh, uh, developing um, community pathways, you know, to construction sites, things like that. Oh, what, yeah. what's started, what got you on that? One, man, once again, it's all about the generation that's coming after us. I mean, we need to leave a legacy. And I feel that these kids, these youth, they need to see that there's people like myself, people like you. They need to see what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So me, you know, I'm using my platform or what have you, obviously taking advantage of social media and highlighting black men and black women mm-hmm. and even past that, minority men and minority women, mm-hmm. not just African Americans that are making a difference and are making a positive contribution to mm-hmm. the building and design industry. Mm-hmm. That's so very important. Once again, man, I mean, all of this for me it's just follow up to, you know, the things that have been going on in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it didn't just start with George Floyd. I mean, That's I want to make that clear. It did true. not just start with George Floyd. That's true. But, you know, at the same time, I know the the power that's within our profession and, you know, the, the people and the lives that we're able to touch through design and mm-hmm. through building. So, you know, I just want to highlight these individuals and show others that could see them and say, man, if he could do that. If she could do that, mm-hmm. I know that I can mm-hmm. because they look like me. They talk like me. Mm-hmm. They think like me. They act like me. We need to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. What what are what were the effects of George Floyd? You brought that up that that really kind of reshaped our world. Mm-hmm. That's a heavy question. I would say that um, the truth has always been there the truth of our struggle, uh, the truth of the realities that come with our black existence. But I feel that that episode 
that occurrence of, you know, seeing George Floyd pass in the manner of which he did, I feel that that was such a hideous, it was just so just grievously hideous that it was just a truth that was exposed to the entire world that can no longer be denied. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Wow. Wow. But it was always there. That's deep, man. That's really deep. You know, I, I, I had the same effect. I even wanted to, I did a podcast with some of my, you know, brothers that, you know, we was just talking about this and I was like, man, we need to get this on a, a tape or something. We need to record it. But yeah, man, it was hideous. And I, but you know what, this, this is kind of where I was um, thinking of, you know, that situation led a lot of endeavors on how we need to move forward as black right, people. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes I think about things happen in life that are very unfortunate, but sometimes they have such a negative effect that they actually cause a huge or a bigger um, positive right. impact. Right. Uh, and for us, I think that because because of George Floyd's situation, I've I've seen and heard more businesses being developed. Mm -hmm. I've seen more people being more open to a higher level of conscious. Mm hmm. Um, because it was so heinous. Yeah, you're right. It was so heinous, man. It was so ugly. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was a transparent fact, you know, that that's that's our reality in our world. Even those words that you use, those are understatements. Yeah. You know, it was worse than heinous. It was worse than ugly. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, there's not a word within my vocabulary that I could find to express just how egregious mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. But once again, I mean. I'm with everything you just said. Mm -hmm. I'm with everything you just said. I mean, we see a lot of the positives that have come from that. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Ton. There's, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I hear people saying, you know, I don't want to sit down no more and be this, like this per person that just, and, and no disrespect to anyone, but just this person that just prays without no impact. Right. I want to pray and spray the concept of exactly. doing something, you mm -hmm. know, because I think that people come into even a realization that, you know, even though prayer is good, but if there is no action put behind it, then mm -hmm. it's in vain. Mm -hmm. You know, it hasn't, it, it doesn't get people to the point where they really need to grow to see true right, growth. Right. Now faith without works is dead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yeah, that, it, yeah, it's one of those situations where we seen happen and we can still talk about it, you know, five, 10 years later on. But I think that it's always good to try to find, and that's just part of me too. I, I always try to find the, the positive, mm -hmm. the plus, the the you know, you, you've taught that, or we've been taught that, or you learn that in every situation there is a lesson learned, right? And you must learn that right. lesson, you know, within that situation, because right. if not, then you got to redo that yep. <laughs> in order to learn. So. Um, but yeah, man. So what I want to ask you: what what cool things you got later on in the pipeline, man? What's you you're a busy man. I mean, the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is um, a construction camp. Uh, recently, here in Indiana, uh, Governor uh, Holcomb he announced that uh, the month of October would be con Careers in Construction Month. Mm -hmm. So you know, just want to extend you know what we've already been doing, and I decided you know what. I know how it is that I was introduced to this industry yeah. and I want to, you know, use some of those same things and introduce children, young children to this industry. So, you know, I'm identifying ages seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 to just, you know, introduce, you know, the concept of tools mm -hmm. to these children. Uh, 
also in, you know, teaching them about how to use tools, also giving them life lessons as well mm-hmm. to where they're able to associate a physical hand tool with mm. tools that they can carry with them mm-hmm. to apply in all the areas of their life, you know, as they go forward. Uh, I want to, you know, familiarize them with what it takes to build mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then begin to teach them even how to build different things, build yeah. structures, yeah. you know, how to use tools, how to hang drywall, how to paint, you know, just different things to where, you know, with a child, you don't know where their imagination will go. If you just give them something simple, they can take it and run from there and they'll lap you. That's true. <laughs> they'll lap you. That's true. So, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, myself, you know, some of my uh, network, we're working, you know, diligently on mm. to where we can, you know, introduce children to construction. Mm. Wow. That's wow. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I like I told you before, man. If I could be of any help, if I could do anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, because I love our field so much. Right. I, I could talk about design, architecture, Same construction here, all day long, <laughs> especially here. kids. Um, and I think that this is something they need to hear about. You know, um, it's. I think that our field is going to be the one, the newest, coolest field. I, I, I have that good I feeling do. about it. It's I just do. that that cool feel that everybody wants to do. Architecture is gonna, yep. construction is gonna all be that. So, yep. man, that's really dope to hear, man. Where where can people tap in if they want to like either follow you or they want to you know help out with this um, construction project? How mm-hmm. can people find you and tap in? Uh, one, I mean, you can search me on LinkedIn for those who use LinkedIn. <laughs> I'll be honest, that's my favorite form of social media. Okay. <laughs> but okay. uh, no, LinkedIn, just Adrian Russell, mm-hmm. Facebook, Adrian Russell. And then you can also, you know, uh, follow me on Instagram at a Russell speaks. OK, OK. Dope, man, man. It was a pleasure having you on the pod, man. No I, doubt. I, I really am excited about the future things that, you know, you're doing and even ways that we can collab. Um, and, and I look forward to um, even having you back on again. Like, I, I feel like within a year's time, man, things are going to be so different. Man. We talked about it, yeah. I think, when we were sitting down, how uh, the compound effect, what we do today, we don't even right. know yeah. what's going to yeah, you know, right. be tomorrow, but yeah. it's going to be huge, man. Yeah. So, look, man, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for thanks tapping for in. Me. You have been tuning in to the podcast, Just a Kid from Gary. It's your boy Josh. I'm out. Thank you. Thank you.